Welcome back to another episode of Salty Saints Podcast. I'm Zach, and I'm chilling with Randy Spate. What's up, man? Hey, I'm doing well, Zach. Thank you. Right on. Uh, So, today's topic was determined yesterday for us, but last week for the listeners. Um... We uh, we knocked out two this week because we were we were a little behind, a little bit. <laughs> so a we're playing catch up this week. Um, and so we were talking with uh, Juan Pablo, Pablo, and we said, "Hey, you know, if you could hear anything discussed, what what would be pertinent to your life? Like, what would what would be interesting?" And he said, "He said, you know, pastoring a church in Colombia. Colombia has been shut down more than we have." Uh, because of COVID. In fact, Colombia was, they told me that it was the country in the world with the longest stay-at-home order. Wow. Interesting. Wow. And when he came in, he still had his mask on. And all all day long yesterday he was here, uh, he was kind of nervous because it's the first time in a year that he's been around people without wearing a mask. Really? And he told me at the end of the day, don't tell my wife. <laughs> so we asked him. So, of course, what? we just said it here on a podcast format where she can listen to it. And That's find right. If she speaks English. And, uh, well, uh, you can actually go in and do Spanish subtitles if you're in YouTube. So it doesn't matter if she speaks English or not. So uh, we asked him, oh, and he boy. said... The church is struggling with coming back after COVID. He said, why don't you talk about community? The need for community. And the need for community. Yeah. That's pretty central stuff, right? It really is. And even though we have not been impacted like Columbia was, uh, to the extent that Columbia was, um, you know, we're seeing uh, it, it, it's uh, people struggle. Yeah, coming back from COVID, and when is it right to come back? And and do we do things differently? And we're not going to address that question all that directly, but we did think it'd be interesting just to talk about what the Bible says about community. How important is community? Um, uh, what what role does it play for us? Uh, all of those kind of things. So I know you've got a list of references here, but before we get into that, uh, I'm kind of reminded of something that I had to talk about a few weeks ago, and then Andrea actually, um, I think she stated it better than I did. <laughs> um, but we were, we were talking about the fact that God is a God of community, yeah. and that we, being made in the image of God, are beings made for community. Yes. Um, so what, what Andrea said uh, was when God made Adam and saw all of creation, he said everything was good. But the one thing he said wasn't good was that Adam was alone. Right. And that Adam was not to be alone and that he wanted to find a suitable companion for Adam. So he right. looked and he looked and he tried to fill that that position with all sorts of creatures that had been made, animals you know, whatever, out of all of creation, and nothing was suitable. The only thing that was suitable as a companion to Adam was another human being. Right, right. And so he made Eve. And while I think you applied that um, uh, directly to the issue of family, Mm -hmm. I loved what you said that not all of us are called to have a a spouse. Right. We all have family. Right. I mean, if we have a belly button we've got a mom somewhere <laughs> well well that's just it right it's not about um it's not about the need for marriage right community isn't about male you know, female yeah no. it's not male female necessarily it's people it's having brothers and sisters around you and you know we as christians believe we're all brothers and sisters in christ and then that at large, I mean, everyone on this earth is our brother and sister under Adam and Eve, right? right. I mean, we right. all stretch back far enough. We're all – we are all family. Um, and so, yeah, there's this call. There's this need. It actually – you know, when we are in community, we are worshiping. We are 
we're reflecting a piece of God's character. Yeah. Yeah. So, what do you got? That's neat. That's neat. Well, the thing that immediately came to my mind, it's a study that I'd done before, but I did it in Spanish, so I redid it this morning in English. Uh, it's, it's looking at one word in the Greek New Testament that is translated uh, by four words uh, from one to another. Um, it's, it's the word alelos uh, in, in Greek, and it's translated uh, to one another. Uh, so it's when, when Jesus says, love one another, uh, he says, love alelos, uh, love uh, reciprocally. The word itself is uh, based on the root for other, but it's uh, it, it's a reciprocal world word. Uh, uh, the um, the love that you have is to be expressed, to be given, and to be received. Right. So the word itself occurs a hundred times. And a lot of times, you know, it's it's uh, not necessarily a theological word. A lot of times, it's that they were talking to one another. Okay. And, and sorry, not to jump ahead. Is there an Old Testament equivalent, like a Hebrew equivalent? Great question. And I don't think there is. I okay. think it's kind of like English, where you would actually have to say "from me to you" or "to right, one right, another," right. Okay. something like that. So, but Greek has this. Uh, reciprocity mm-hmm. thing going. So it occurs about 100 times. 52 of those are just in references like they were talking to one another, or they were talking together, basically, or they they said to one another, or that's uh, they, they commented in the group. But 48 times it's in a command. Do this to one another. Only once in the Gospels Actually, twice, but uh, eh, three times. But it reflects uh, one uh, episode, one one time, and the rest of the time it's in the epistles, hmm. where the church is told to treat one another with a certain in in certain ways. Okay. So it's kind of interesting to look at that. You have forty eight commands. It really boils down to thirteen different commands. The first 16 times, four times uh, in Jesus' mouth, love one another. Right. Uh, And that's all in the book of John. Um, And it all happens uh, in the the, uh, Last Supper. I was going to say, discourse that Jesus gives. Is it's all at the Last Supper? Is it? Is it not afterwards? uh, Before he ascends. Okay, gotcha. I I was just reading through this the other day. That's why I wasn't sure. Which is interesting. Here is Jesus, and we know in a in a couple hours he's going to go to the Garden of the Gethsemane, and he's just overwhelmed by the prospect of the cross coming up. And yet, when he talks to the disciples, he says, "Hey, you guys need to learn to love each other." Uh, wow. Wow. Now, in the epistles, it, it occurs in Romans twice, in 1 Thessalonians twice, in 2 Thessalonians, 1 Peter. It occurs in 1 John five times and in 2 John once. Love one another. Okay. So that's kind of at the core of everything. If Really, if we can do that, uh, we will live in community. Yeah. And um, I think we have to kind of break down, like, what does loving one another look like biblically? Yeah. You know? I mean, I think Jesus is the best example of that. We look at his life. He loved everyone. Um, And while he loved people, he wasn't necessarily around all the time. Um, You know, he would heal, heal strangers. He would, you know preach to hundreds, thousands, whatever. Um, But he had a group of 12 guys. And um, there were some women among them as well. Yeah. 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 That that would have been in close proximity to him all the time. Yeah. And that was like his little crew. And that was like his little community. Um, And 
we see him interacting with him eating a lot together. Eating a lot, uh, traveling. We've talked about a lot. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and to me, I mean, I've been reading through this recently, and it just came back to me. It hit me kind of hard this time. It, Gethsemane. Mm-hmm. Jesus, he takes the 12 to the garden, <clears throat> but he takes the three closest friends that right. he has there. Peter, James, and John. And he goes deeper into the garden, and he literally says, just pray with me. So here is the Son of God. Here's the creator of the universe. And he takes three guys with him, and he says, at this point, I need community. I need you. You you want to take it a little, maybe even too deep? Do it. Okay. So... Jesus is God, right? He is the Son. He is one of the three persons of the Trinity. Right. So when Jesus is praying to the Father, he is praying to himself, in a sense. Yeah, in a sense, in a sense. Which means that he is becoming one with the Father in that moment. He is yeah. communing with himself. With it, It's becoming one. And so it's like what he prays in the garden. And he says, just as I am one with you, let them be one with me as I am one with you. And so what you see is this merging of God and man into this one cohesive, unified community. I mean, what does the word one there mean? I've thought about this a lot. Like, I mean, that's a bold claim to say that God wants man to become one with him. Yeah, yeah. That's, I mean, that's big. You know, we reflect that every time we talk about the church as a body of Christ. Right. Uh, We are one with Christ. We are, it's not that we become gods. No. Or that we become Christ. No. But there is a oneness there. Uh, uh, A a like-mindedness. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they're supposed well, to be. There you go. I wish they were. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, so you brought up the bride. Marriage, uh, talking about marriage, that, that, that a man should leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and, and they will become, become one, one flesh. Right, right. And so we are to become, we are to leave the world and come to Christ and become one flesh. A guy that I respect very much, I've talked about him here before, Dennis Kinlaw, he made the comment in one of his sermons at Asbury College that Christ, no, no, I I need to be careful how I state this because he was very careful. Um, When Paul talks about Christ and the church, he does not say that the relationship of Christ and the church reflects marriage. He says marriage reflects the relationship that Christ had with the church. Christ had that relationship with the church from the beginnings of all eternity. Uh, This was the plan that he had. And God created marriage to reflect that oneness. Well, the... the creator can't reflect the created thing. Only right. the created thing can reflect, can reflect the, cre- the creator. Yeah. Right. Like, Vincent Van Gogh's mind wasn't like A Starry Night. A Starry Night right. was like Vincent Van Gogh's mind. Yeah. Y- you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. 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 I don't know. But to, to that point, though, um, in the garden, though, Jesus says, let them be one. Like, right? Yeah. And so, like, that's a a lot of people coming together unified. And, I mean, what it also says in, uh, is it Acts, where it says, uh, and they were all of uh, like mind and like heart. All of one accord, yeah. 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 I mean, you you see this throughout the gospel and the epistles is this idea of the people of God coming together and being cohesive and uh, together, not alone, not and separate. When you get those references, usually there's a multiplicity of of uh, words that talk. They were 
together in one place of one mind in one accord. Right, right. <laughs> you know, just on and all, on. all of their possessions. They shared everything they right. had. They you get that repeated. It's it's mentioned at the beginning of chapter two. It's mentioned at the end of chapter two. At the end of chapter five, and on and on. And then you get Paul in the book of Philippians, chapter two, saying. Uh, if if there's any consolation, if you think anything about me at all, if you like me, if you love me, be of one mind. Oh, yeah. By the way, really leaning into this one, uh, if there's anybody in our congregation that has like a vacation home in Hawaii or something, <laughs> I just think you really need to like think about this verse and, you know, hit up your boy Zach. Like, I'm just kidding. That's there not, you go, that's not how this works. That's not. <laughs> that's You're not. just kidding. But if somebody were to do it. <laughs> <laughs> then I'd feel bad. I'd feel dirty the whole time I was there. But you'd go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I noticed I said the whole time I was there. That's right. <laughs> um, I, oh, he's gone. <laughs> he was standing at the window. Well, watch us. Oh. <laughs> um, yeah, I, th- it's... Um, <sighs> there is this intrinsic need for community that we all have. I mean... The very fact that God creates us and puts in us the image of God, part of that image is not just a desire or a preference to be with other people. It is a need. A command. To be with other people. It's also a command. And I think when you look at the flip side of it, it's clearly the case that Satan doesn't want us in community. We're dangerous when we're in community. He tries to isolate us. Right. And, and I've thought about that a lot lately. Um, oh, wow. The, the devil's in the business of making you forget who you are and what you're supposed to be doing. It's not It's not so much that he's like trying to like change your mind yeah. so much as to keep you distracted, keep yeah. you thinking about other things. Right. That's easier to do. Right, right. And I think – when you look at the Bible, I mean, like, so Adam and Eve, they become one flesh, right? Right, right. And so what does Satan do? He convinces them to eat the fruit of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, and that drives a wedge not only between Adam and Eve and God, but between Adam and Eve, between right. man and woman. Right. That now the the woman will uh, – how does it phrase it? Uh, that, that the man basically, like, she'll always want to, like – have power oh, over him, you, you or, or will she'll want to rule to. over him, but uh, he will rule over you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, the, uh, yeah. Uh, during this sermon series of Imago Day, uh, I it, it was the first time that I actually saw that uh, the the union of desire and dominate. Uh, yeah. How God created us to enjoy His creation. Right. Satan replaced that with a lust. For his creation. And God created us to reign over his creation. Right. Which implies serving and caring for. And we instead want to dominate right. creation. We want to exploit it. Let me play this out. This this just now occurred to my warped and twisted little mind. I like that. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> so Adam and Eve were together during uh-huh. the whole process of temptation. They were together. They were there together. Because when Eve, after she takes the fruit, she turns around and she hands it to Adam. Well, it says That it, is literally what Scripture says. It says turns around and hands it to him? Well, she gave it to Adam and he ate. Right. But my question is, had she been lured off, could she have gone to Adam? Whether she was or not. It's interesting that Satan does not talk to them. It's the individual. isolates one. Ooh. Ooh, ooh, ooh. That's pretty good. Isn't that what he does? Yeah. I mean, he isolates us. Well, think... And it's when we're isolated, it's when we're alone, that we're most susceptible to temptation. Well, it's the mindset that he calls out in Peter, uh, that Jesus calls out in Peter, that... Jesus is trying to do the will of the Father, which means to go to the cross and go die. And that's what people that are of a like mind with God should be thinking. But then Satan singles out Peter and doesn't tell Peter to do something bad. He just tells him, 
he, he puts fear in him. He puts yeah. fear in him for his friend. Right. And he, and Peter says, no, you don't need to go die, Jesus. And Jesus looks at him and says, you get behind me, Satan, because – and this is something I love too. I've heard people say that in that brief moment that this is Jesus remembering back to the moment when he was tempted into the garden Ooh. and that Satan's tempting him with logical things, with not bad things but good yeah. things. yeah. But that are not of God's will. And so right in that moment, he's doing it through his friend Peter. And so Jesus sees Satan in his friend Peter. And that's Interesting. that's wild. But that's what happens, right? When we become separate, when we let ourselves be isolated, we're like you said, we're susceptible. And yeah. the crazy thing is we're in this culture that is all about distance. And I'm not just talking COVID. No. I'm no, no, talking no. like individualism. Way, individualism. Yeah. Look at our houses. Our houses keep getting bigger and bigger, bigger and we keep putting more and more walls between us. Yeah. People used to live in one room houses. They'd all sleep in the same room. Yeah. That because you were safe when you were together. Yeah. But yeah. now we we put these walls up between us. We lock our doors. I know people that when they were kids, they didn't lock their doors. They didn't have – no, you didn't lock your door because that meant you were doing something key. sketchy. You know? Mom worked and dad was usually gone and the door was wide open. I just went home and went in the house. Right. And we're, we're to this place now where we let fear kind of lead us into – we're chasing well, safety. And there's, and there's rational fear there too. There, there absolutely <laughs> is. There absolutely is. But when you let fear guide you and when you let safety become an idol, you can forsake the things of God. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, so you yeah. have to keep that in check. Now, understand what I'm – I understand. I understand that this is a controversial topic because we said the word COVID and now I'm talking about safety and right. how you need to – okay, hear me out. You can only do what you what you think's best right now. Right. That's all you can do. That's all you can do. There are ways to enjoy community other than taking your mask off and being within six feet of, of well, someone else. Yeah, you know? or like shaking hands and hugging. Like you right. don't yeah. have to no. do that, but you do need to be you with need other people. Community. Uh, if you, and point. if that means you know you're too uncomfortable not to wear a mask around some other person to be there. Well, wear your mask. Who cares? But right. be with other people. Since we are on the topic of, of COVID, uh, uh, Bob, uh, one of the other pastors here, uh, is also a fire chief and gets all kinds of information that we would not normally see. His comment has been that suicides, domestic violence, it's through the roof because people are depressed and desperate because they're isolated. Dude, I talk to them all the time. Yeah. I work in a barber shop, and some of those guys whose hair I cut, the only time they come out of their apartment is to go Let's get, get food at the store and to get their hair cut. And, uh, and I'm talking guys that I would see once a month. I see maybe once every three, three months now, uh, some of these guys. And I get it. It's not, it's not bad. That, it's not bad to want to be safe. Right. It's not bad to want right. to be safe. What is bad is when you don't have any kind of community in your life anymore. And yeah. that's that's what we're trying to get at here. If you're still at home, if you haven't come out of quarantine, if you're still at home, that's fine if that's working for you. But what I am saying is you absolutely need some form of community in your life. You need the people of God in constant communication, being able to talk to them and like – Personally, for me, Zoom phone call, that doesn't cut it. Yeah. I need to see people. Right. Maybe you don't. That's great. I do. But um, So before we finish, let's, let's come back to this topic about ways that people can build and enjoy community without necessarily having to uh, endanger themselves because there are medically fragile people. Yeah. That's but, hard. But let's come back to that. Yeah, I don't I don't know how to address that really. Yeah. I think there's some ways. Yeah. And everybody's just go, got to find their own flow path. Yeah. But uh there are ways and we can talk about some of that. Let me let me get back to this list. So the first point was love one another. Uh just let me read through some of these others serve one another. 
And uh, that's repeated three times. Um, twice. Uh, uh, once in John, Jesus actually says, uh, if I wash your feet, you ought to wash each other's uh-huh. feet. That's service. Uh, Paul says it in Galatians, and then later in Galatians he says, carry each other's burdens. That's serving one another. <clears throat> Honor one another. This is the second most repeated command. Hmm. And I thought that was fascinating. First, love one another. Second, respect one another. Honor one another. And it is uh, all in Paul, but it's spread between Romans, Corinthians, Ephesians, Colossians, and Galatians of honoring Uh each other. Live in harmony with one another. Uh, One of my favorite verses is Ephesians 4.2. With all humility and gentleness with patience, put up with one another in love. (laughs) You know, I love the fact that he says, put up with one another. And that is literally what he says. Tolerate each other. Because there are times when you're going to get on each other's last nerve. Okay. And uh, deal with it. Learn how to de-escalate, decompress, and go back to loving each other. Yeah. (laughs) I love that one. Edify one another. Um, What you're doing, make sure it's building the other person up. Teach one another. Confess your sins to one another. Encourage one another. And then the third most common uh, repetition of the one another commands. Greet one another with a holy kiss. (laughs) And... um, what I did is I, I said, that's actually greet one another. It's uh, the, the focus there is not on the kiss. Yeah. The kiss is what they did to greet each other. It was a, it was a cultural thing. It was a cultural <clears throat> thing. And it was man to man, woman to woman. It was right. not man to woman. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's fair. So I've been in the cultures where uh, men kiss each other on the cheek. I've even been in cultures where close friends, men will kiss each other on the lips. And uh, fortunately, I was never close enough to anybody in that culture. <laughs> so, sorry, we got to go off topic for a second. Uh, David Geffen of Geffen Records. Okay. Um, my professor in college was uh, Rick DeGilionardo at Ball State. He was the keyboard player from the band Quarter Flash. And uh, he taught um, music media um just sort of like the music industry, uh, just the one-on-one kind of stuff on it. And uh, he was telling us this story about how he he was on David Geffen's record label and uh, anyone that went in to see David Geffen, he said the whole band would walk in and he said David Geffen would walk up and he would kiss each person on the mouth at the beginning, like as they walked in. And he just said like you just kind of had to like – Bear wow. and grin it, because this wow. guy's ma- paying your checks. You know, <laughs> like, wow. I guess I'm just gonna give this guy a kiss on the mouth now. So you know, it still totally, happens in culture. our culture. Oh, yeah, it does. It does, <laughs> and it's totally a cultural thing. I mean, that's that's. There's nothing uh, uh, bad or even even hinky about it. Right, it's but just, but but <laughs> it's weird to us because that's not a that's cultural not our thing culture. here. Exactly. Right. 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 <laughs> There are then three final commands that are negative commands. Don't judge one another. Don't provoke one another. And don't lie to one another. So uh, there are all of the one another commands in Scripture. It's a lot. Yeah. But if you obey the first one, love one another, the other 12 just fall into place. Right. That's... That's what it means to love each other, honor each other, uh, serve each other, and, and on and on and on. All of this um, kind of falls in line with something that I had 
um, kicked around the idea of including somewhere in okay. the last sermon, and I didn't. Um, I just I thought it'd take too much time to expand on it or to fit it in, uh, but I thought it was helpful. But the idea that um, one of the Ten Commandments is make no graven images. Right. 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 Make make no try. Don't don't try and sculpt a picture of God. Don't right. make an idol to worship. Right. Um, because he can't be summarized in that way. And I've often heard it stated that the reason we're not to do that is because we are the graven image of God. We are the image. It's the very same word that's used. Right. Yeah. That, that we aren't to look at a piece of rock and see God reflected. We aren't to look at a, a picture and see God reflected. We're to look at one another and see, and God, see God reflected. reflected. Yeah. And the thing is, like... Think about the way people in other cultures treat idols or shrines. They go to them and they bring food. They feed the yeah. idols. Yeah. They worship yeah. the idols. They love the idols. They are like treating it like it's a god. And it's almost like God saying, you don't have to feed a piece of rock. You don't have to feed – you know, like go feed each other. Go yeah. love each yeah. other. Yeah. Go take care of one another. And when you right. do that, you are worshiping the image of your God. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. it's it's deep. Oh, I think that's I think that's reality. That's community. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It is. Yeah. But it takes it takes reaching out. Now, if you look back at the Old Testament, um, Israel is frequently called a community. Mm-hmm. It, it is. It's it's a family. It's a community. It's uh, a, a collection of tribes, but together uh, they are also a collection, of, uh, a community of uh, the, the the tribes of the sons of Abraham. Mm-hmm. And all the way through the Old Testament, you see this repeated again and again and again. How people come together. And they're called to come together. Um, the book Ecclesiastes uh, in in Hebrew Kohelet. Mm-hmm. Kohelet is the preacher. Kahal, the noun that uh, um, is the basis of the preacher, is the word for a gathering. So Kohelet is the one who speaks to the community, to, to the gathering. You get that in Jesus' words then. He talks about the ecclesia, um, which in Spanish anyway, you see the relationship between Greek and Spanish a lot easier. Iglesia comes mm-hmm. straight out of ecclesia in Greek. Just like Gabriel. Just like Gabriel? Iglesia. Gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> Fluffy, yeah. Um, sorry, sorry, sorry. Oh man, yeah. That's sometimes community is tough. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes it's bad jokes, right? <laughs> sometimes it's bad jokes. And and just going, all right. So, anyways. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've learned to put up with you. Yeah, I appreciate that, Randy. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah uh, Jesus used the word church. It's translated church. But he probably was not talking about what we think today as the church. He was talking about the group of people. Ecclesia means literally the ones who are called out of. But it's another community. It's another grouping. So when Jesus talks about church in Matthew 16... And then again in Matthew 18, he's talking about the community and he's looking at a group of men, 12 men who are following him closely, and another five women who are probably also in that little band forming a community together. Hmm. And then in the book of Acts, of course, the church is formed. Ecclesia now comes to refer to that. Uh, uh, reality that the the body of Christ but at its base it's the community and the book of Acts you said it very well it it forms a a very um, 
tight description of uh, what goes on. Uh, Acts 2, 1, all the believers were meeting together in one place. And uh, at the end of, of chapter 2, all the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, sharing in meals. Uh, they met together in one place. They shared everything that they had. They worshiped together at the temple each day. They met in homes for the Lord's Supper. They shared their meals with great joy and generosity. You see the word church there. You see fellowship. You see oneness. You see together. Then at the end of chapter 5, the same thing. Um, excuse me, the end of chapter 4. All the believers were united in heart and mind. They felt that what they owned was not their own, so they shared everything they had. Uh, you again, you get this fellowship, share, oneness. There's community that's taking place there. And that was what launched the church and made it what it is today. Now, we've kind of lost that today because we don't have the opportunity to live together, to be together 24-7. We have jobs, we have families in our culture. Uh, uh, and I think that's what you're talking about is in our culture, right? I mean, right there are places right. in the world where oh, I think this is reflected. Could be done. Yeah. And even in our culture, there are those who would say, sell your home and come and live here. And they, we call them cults typically, and we're a little bit nervous about them. And yet... <laughs> that's what Jesus did. That's what Jesus did with or the what disciples. the disciples yeah. did, I mean. Um, so the question becomes, how do we express community in a culture where uh, we work nine to five, we go home, uh, we, we shut the door, um, a lot of what we do mitigates against community. So what are things that we can do that build community? What are things that we, uh, we're, we're beyond the hunker down order in Indiana, but we still do live in a society that practices social distancing yeah. and frequently will wear masks. And that's not a bad thing. We're not saying, hey, throw your mask away. No. Let's go hug and kiss each other. What we are saying is, how do we build community? Right, because you can't just forsake it altogether. Right. That's that's the real driving point to be made here. Um, I mean, that's a great question, man. I mean... And it's got to look different for everybody, right? I think it does. Yeah. Because, because, like, for instance, like, like I said earlier, like I pull my, my I pull my hair out if I'm on a Zoom call for too long, like, yeah. or on a phone call for too long. It's just not, it's not the same for me. But you know what? Just a simple phone call. For some people, it might be. Let me take two minutes and hear someone else's voice. Because you might not have. That's right. I mean, or, or at least if you have, you know, maybe it's just been the TV or whatever. But like, this is a real like, actual connection. I mean, that's all. Pe that's all people in prison get for years if they don't actually have any visits. You know. Okay, I'm 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 about to jump off the cliff. Uh, I'm about to commit uh, matrimonial suicide here. Okay. <laughs> So Linda, my wife, has, oh, no. uh, she has been recovering from COVID. Okay. Right? Yeah. So uh, she's been at home. She's been alone. Now, I've been home now for about a week. Zach, you have probably already noticed I'm not the easiest guy to talk to. If, if I have something to say, I'll say it. But I'm not just going to chat. I, I typically will... If you have a question, I'll give you a one or two word answer, and that's kind of where it ends. And that's actually where it ends with my wife, too. Uh, she'll ask me a three-minute question, and I'll say, sure. And that's it, and that's all I say, and it's not very enjoyable. Well, last night, we took a friend out. We took Juan Pablo out. 
uh-huh. we went to Applebee's and and Linda talked to him and she was really engaged with him and she talked a lot to him. Coming out of the restaurant, there was a couple sitting there and uh, they had a, a baby that was, uh, somehow he had his daddy's wallet and he was chewing on the wallet. And I said, hey, uh, kid's going to eat up your money and probably will for the rest of his life. And I, I walked away. Well, Linda engaged with him. She stayed there probably for four minutes talking to him. I mean, legitimately. We got home, and we were sitting there watching TV, and she looked at me, and she said, I talked too much tonight, didn't I? And I said, no, you didn't. You didn't talk too much. But here's the thing. She's been alone for so long that being in community again, it was like the dam broke. It was like, you know, this, open those windows and let me talk to somebody. And she did. And that's fantastic. It's the opposites attracting why we were yeah. attracted to each other. I need her because she draws me out of myself. She will force me, oblige me to do more than give a one-word answer. And, and I need that every once in a while. But what I appreciate in her is the way she does engage with other people. She does it through talking. Hmm. I just got back from spending two weeks with my son. While she was going through COVID, I didn't wanna I didn't want to carry the germs to anybody here at church. And I wanted to be able to continue to minister at church. Well Michael, my son, is a lot more like like me. We would literally sit at the table eating supper and probably say 10 words to each other during the meal. And that was okay. It's not that we're angry or upset or it's not even that we are not engaging with each other. There are just other ways to engage that we appreciate. The simple presence, being together, saying things like, good bacon. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> and that's kind of where our conversation went with him. So we were both in our zone. Um, that's interesting. Linda would never be able to do that. Well, I so I suffer from, like, my thing is, like, I'm an internal processor. Mm-hmm. Um, I, that's a lie. I'm a mixture. Because sometimes okay. I have to work things out out loud okay, because I need sure. input. You know right, what I mean? Right, right. But my thing is like when people are talking to me, two things are happening in my head. One, I'm trying to process what they're saying. But two, I'm also trying to articulate what I'm supposed to say to that. And I can't do both at the same time very well. <laughs> and so if you'll notice, even on this podcast, and I catch it happening to me all the time, you'll finish saying something and I'll go, and you'll be thinking, oh, he's done talking and I haven't figured out what I'm supposed to say next <laughs> because I'm still trying to work that out of my head. And so then we have right. this dead moment, right? And so I really appreciate people that can just go because I do have a hard time doing that sometimes. But you pointed out something awesome too, um, you and Linda being very different in the way you communicate with people. Also, I don't think you're short on answers. I think you just – I think I have to prod at you a little bit mm. to get what I want, but that's okay. Probably. <laughs> yeah. But um, the fact that you said, like, you know, the whole, like, oh, opposites attract thing, that's not just for marriage. That's also one yeah, of the beautiful things about community is – when we are around and with other people that aren't like us, they complete us in a way. They make up for the places I fall short, and maybe I fulfill those people yeah. in places where yeah. they fall short, or like yeah. that they just aren't. That's not a part of their character, but it might be a part of mine. You know what I mean? Yeah, very definitely. Hmm. So, reach out in community. Make a phone call to somebody. Uh, maybe a text. Sit in silence with somebody. (laughs) Sit in silence with somebody, but you are there with them in community. Yeah. Uh, It it could be sharing a meal or a cup of coffee with somebody. Which is one of my favorites. And me too. Me too. Um, You know, what we do here on Sunday mornings, it is a form of community. Now, there's not a whole lot of 
opportunity for engagement with people. But what I love about our church is frequently, I'm, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say well over half of our church will spend two hours in church for a one-hour service. And there's another half hour before and a good 15, 20 minutes after where they're just talking up mm-hmm. people and chatting and mm-hmm. and uh, they might be talking about things of the Lord and they might be talking about the Colts loss or Carson Wentz or right. uh, they might be talking about, uh, hey, I'm, I'm going to be going to the villages in Florida this coming week and, uh, oh, I... I, I you know, whatever. Right. But they're engaging with each other. There is community that takes place there. And that's worship. That's worship of God. Now explain that. What do you mean? That loving, I mean, that's loving one another. To, to be mm-hmm. engaging, mm-hmm. spending time with each other, being there for each other, saying, hey, I care to talk to you. I care yeah. to have this conversation with you. How is your life? What's going on? I mean, that's love. That is. And to love one another is to worship God. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I mean, that's what Jesus said the greatest commandment is, right? Right. To right. love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, body, strength, spirit, and love one another as you love yourself. So worship is not just singing. Yeah. I mean, well, and I, like, I, we talked about this here a while back, but like, um, when Jesus is talking about the, you know, what you did for one of those, for the least of these, you right. did for me. Yeah. And so it kind of blends those two phrases of the greatest commandment into one when you realize, oh, when I am loving my neighbor, I am loving Christ. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's great. Community, man. Community. You know, uh, a couple of weeks ago we came together for a brunch here, and uh, we saw some people being baptized. They had some incredible testimonies. Um. That was community. I mean... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I felt things during those testimonies, just looking out at people, watching them be wrapped up in what uh, different people were saying and uh, seeing them afterwards, talking to each other around the tables, yeah. literally caring for each other around the tables, taking time to say, you're important to me. Yeah. That's encourage one another, build one another up. I mean, that was taking place, and that's fantastic. And that is what we're talking about. You know, the the cool thing about the concepts of the Bible, community being one of them, is that we have talked about this yeah. before yeah. in other ways. Um Maybe a little splash of it here or there. Yeah. This is kind of a deeper dive. Right. But the funny thing like is... we did a definition of church one time. R- right. Yeah. But the thing is, like, it should never get old reminding ourselves of these things. Right. That's like, right. when you really look at the concept of the Bible, we really just laid it out what it is. Love God. Love your neighbor. Yeah. And everything you hear about Scripture is going to boil down to that. You know what I mean? In some way or another. And so really what we're doing, I mean, like, the reason we, we yeah, maybe we, we say things that sound similar to things that we've said before, but that's because they are, and we, that's on purpose. It, it's through repetition. It's through making it a part of very, your life. True. Yeah. Coming to these conclusions, being like, this is what life is about. It's about being there for each other and, and being imagers of God out in this world. Imagers of God. That's I think not. Just created a word. No, I, I didn't. Like it. No, I didn't. I think that's Tim Mackey. Oh, is that right? Yeah, okay, I okay. stole that. Sorry. Okay. okay. <laughs> well, I like it anyway. But, but I do like it. Yeah. Cool, man. Okay. What? Uh. Any? Anything else? Any other ways to go about this? I mean, it, it's kind of. I feel like it's a person-to-person basis. You've got to figure out. You know. How's this going to look in your life? How's community going to look in your life? But at the same time, there's a biblical standard that needs to be upheld. If you're not loving people, right, you're probably not in community. Um, if you're not being loved by people, you're probably not in community. 
think the only other thing to say is is that we've said that it's it's different for everybody, and that means that what you do and what Jack over there does may be something very different. But here's the key. Don't just do what you've always done and think that that meets the bill. Consciously think about living in community. How do you feel community? Right. Find ways to have that. Because the fact of the matter is, and kind of tying it up, I guess, with back what we said at the beginning, in all of God's good creation, when it was still good, the only thing that wasn't good was man being alone. If you're alone, God does not want that for you. That's right. That is not that is not what you've been called to, and he has a church for you. And if you're not plugged into a church, please reach out to us. I mean, honestly, if, if you're listening to this, chances are you're probably somewhere within our network. I don't know. I mean, maybe, you know, 10 years from now when we've got 14 million listeners, we'll have to rethink this one. Right. But, uh, yeah, but uh, reach out to uh, us at uh, – Salty Saints at BecomeHope.com or questions at BecomeHope.com. And we'll try and get you hooked up. Um, or, I mean, even looking into wherever you may be from, um, we'll try and help however we can. But, Absolutely. like, you should be plugged in somewhere. You should be plugged in at a church and uh, with a community, and we want to help you do that. And uh, if you're around here, give us a give us a, a give little us a yeah. invitation. Or not yeah. invitation. We give you an invitation. Come <laughs> hang out. And... Uh, yeah. So thank you guys for tuning in uh, to another episode of Salty Saints. Like I said, if you have questions, that's salty saints at becomehope.com or questions at becomehope.com. And until next time, stay salty. If you're tired of parenting advice and news headlines that are more confusing than assembling IKEA furniture, we've got just the podcast for you. My dear friend Abby and I are here to help you navigate the parenting roller coaster. Should your kids be on social media? What should you tell a friend facing an unplanned pregnancy? These are just some of the many questions we tackle on our podcast. Subscribe to The Real Deal of Parenting wherever you find your podcast.